The Capital Ideas Podcast now has a new monthly edition hosted by Capital Group CEO Mike Gitlin. Investment professionals reveal their best mentors, how they find their next great idea, and a few funny stories. Subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. American Funds Distributors, Inc. You know, it can be hard to see the challenges that people we work with every day are going through. Invisible struggles like stress and burnout, caregiving for a loved one, or being misunderstood. But insight, awareness, and empathy will help us better see the issues they're dealing with. And that can make us and our companies healthier, too. I'm Holly Robinson-Pete. Join us on The Visibility Gap, a new podcast presented by Cigna Healthcare. Download it wherever you get your podcasts. Good morning, it's Monday the 23rd of October in London. This is the Bloomberg Daybreak Europe podcast. I'm Stephen Carroll. Coming up today, Israel could delay or alter its Gaza ground invasion plans after the release of two American hostages. Beijing rattles foreign businesses by detaining an executive and former staff at the advertising giant WPP while starting investigations into Apple supplier Foxconn. And then there were nine. U.S. House Republicans widened the field to find a new speaker, with lawmaking paralysed. Let's start with a roundup of our top stories. Israel's ground invasion of Gaza could be delayed or the plan altered while diplomatic efforts continue to secure the release of hostages held by Hamas. Bloomberg has learned the Israeli government is supporting the talks. An American woman and her 19-year-old daughter was set free on Friday after mediation by Qatar. US Secretary of State Antony Blinken told NBC's Meet the Press programme that Israel should be already devising a strategy for what happens next in Gaza can't go back to the status quo. They can't go back to the status quo with Hamas being in a position in terms of its governance of of Gaza to repeat what it did. At the same time, what I've heard from the Israelis is absolutely no intent, no desire uh, to be running Gaza themselves. Blinken, who met Israel's war cabinet last week, also warned Iran-backed groups that the US would respond decisively if any American forces in the region were attacked. The fears of escalation across the region comes as thousands of Israeli army reservists return to the country. More than 10,000 people have already travelled from the United States on commercial and chartered flights. Record numbers have been called up to prepare for a possible ground offensive into Gaza. On the Palestinian side, many like Hamdan Abu Spaitan are trying to escape before the fighting starts. My home is have a strike last night and I have injury in my hand and in my head. I hope to the from my government and other Western countries there is a lot of uh, Western citizens here. They care ab- about us and they let us to cross the border to, to join our, our family there. Hamdan Abu Spaitan is a dual US citizen and is hoping to cross the border into Egypt if the Rafah crossing reopens. A second convoy of humanitarian aid was allowed to enter Gaza on Sunday, while the UN's World Food Programme says 40 more trucks will be ready to cross today if they're allowed. Chinese authorities have launched a number of investigations that might shake the confidence of foreign companies. Bloomberg's Brian Curtis has more from Hong Kong. 
State media say regulators are conducting tax audits and reviewing land use by Foxconn Technology. That's Apple's most important partner. Foxconn's Honhai Precision says it's cooperating. To complicate matters, Foxconn's chief, Terry Goh, is running for president in Taiwan. Also, sources say an executive and two former employees of ad firm WPP have been arrested. And the Nikkei reports a worker at a Japanese metals trading company was detained back in March. In Hong Kong, Brian Curtis, Bloomberg Radio. In the United States, House Republicans have set up a nine-man contest to elect a new speaker. President Biden's $106 billion proposed aid to Ukraine and Israel will be on pause until a replacement is found. Ten-term Republican Congressman Michael McCall put it in stark terms. This is probably one of the most embarrassing uh, things I've seen, because if we don't have a Speaker of the House, we can't govern. McCall chairs the House Foreign Affairs Committee and added it was dangerous to be paralysed with so many conflicts around the world. It's been 20 days since the Republican Party ousted Kevin McCarthy. They will vote again tomorrow. Some of Europe's biggest money managers say it's wrong to bet the European Central Bank has finished hiking interest rates. Legal in General and Vanguard see the Eurozone as one of the most exposed to any conflict in the Middle East. With the ECB deciding on rates this Thursday, both trillion-dollar asset managers are closely watching for comments on the region's exposure to energy prices. And here in the UK, the Prime Minister Rishi Sunak is reportedly weighing stamp duty reductions and other tax cuts for top earners. Senior Conservatives are lobbying the Prime Minister for the measures to win back voters after the party's latest by-election defeats. It comes as the ratings agency Moody's upgraded its UK credit outlook to stable in a boost to the Prime Minister. Well, this, of course, in the week that we're going to get the latest US GDP figures as well as the latest rate decision from the European Central Bank. Thinking, though, about the latest events at uh, in the Middle East, a column worth reading this morning from our Bloomberg Opinion columnist Martin Ivans, uh, looking at how the situation uh, in the Middle East is playing out on the UK political front, talking about how both Rishi Sunak and Keir Starmer uh, have been approaching their commentary around the issue. Uh, and the delicate balance they both need to strike in doing so. Uh, It's worth a read from Martin Ivans this morning if you're looking for something that will give you a UK perspective as we're continuing to watch the latest developments in the Middle East. We've been talking about our Bloomberg reporting over the weekend that Israel could change or alter its plans for a ground invasion of Gaza to allow talks to take place over the release of the hostages. Continue to be held in Gaza more than 200 people this as we had the release over the weekend of that American mother and daughter from Chicago who had been held. Those releases, of course, being welcomed, a negotiation that had been mediated by Qatar. Uh, this, as we've heard from the US President Joe Biden and Israeli Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu and their latest phone call, pledging a continued flow of critical assistance into Gaza after a second convoy of humanitarian aid was allowed through the Rafah crossing on Sunday. 14 trucks in that convoy. Let's go to Bloomberg's Oliver Crook in Tel Aviv for more this morning. Good morning to you, Oliver. What are the latest developments you can bring us this Monday morning? Well, it's really hard to know where to begin, really. I mean, the two significant steps that we had over the weekend was, of course, the hostage release and the aid that was uh, permitted to go into Gaza after a great deal of back and forth and a great deal of stop and start on the aid. But again, that first... uh 
convoy of only 20 trucks. That is seen as less than 5% of what Gaza was getting before the war even happened. And that is, of course, before the humanitarian situation really severely devolved. In terms of hostages, you know, two released. There are some 200 still uh, unaccounted for. They don't know what their condition is. And again, I think on both of these counts, from the Gazan side and from the sort of Arab world side, the aid needs to accelerate much more. There needs to be a continued flow. There has been talk about getting that operating. And from the hostage, it's a similar situation. They're going to need to see more uh, than just two every now and then. And again, this will all shape. These are all inputs in that very delicate equation and the question of when will we see a ground offensive in Gaza, a full ground offensive. There have been some incursions, but a full ground offensive. And also, what form will it take? The IDF has left its sort of all options open, all options on the table as this has been evolving. Yeah, Oliver, we were reporting over the weekend uh, that Israel could delay or alter those plans for a ground invasion to allow for those diplomatic efforts to take place. The the goal to secure the release of those hostages still being held uh, in Gaza. What more can you tell us about that? Well, I think that's an interesting question of hostages um, for the Israelis who in the past have sort of done everything that they can in their power to get their people back and will release a lot of prisoners and have done so historically in the past. Of course, with this attack, there are a number, uh, at least, uh, of people who were released that were involved in it. And now the Israelis, the question is, how do they balance that with the imperative that they feel that they need to dismantle Hamas as the number one priority? And how does that play into the hostage question? I think that's a very, very challenging question to answer. And I suspect, and again, it's one of the most opaque parts of what has been a very opaque story is how the hostage negotiations are. I think there was a little bit of surprise to see any released uh, over the weekend, and that, of course, in part uh, largely due to the Qatari uh, diplomatic efforts. We also had uh, Israel's prime minister over the weekend saying that Hezbollah risks dragging Lebanon into a wider regional war after more more cross-border fire there over the weekend. What, what have we heard from that border since then? Yeah, from the updates that we get from the IDF, which um, are, you know, fairly plentiful in terms of what their military activity is, you've been seeing more and more um, references to things that have been going on on the border with Lebanon. Um, so that's fire in either direction, that's targets, that's some um, casualties as well. We have also have the Israelis evacuating a huge amount of, uh, of civilian population that live on the border with, um, with Lebanon. We have more than, you know, 60,000 already. There are 14 additional communities in addition to that that are also being evacuated uh, yesterday and today. And it's interesting, you know, having been here now for two weeks and staying in a, in a hotel where you meet a number of people when I was first here that came from the south who were evacuated from the south, and now you meet more and more people coming from the north. And you talk, I talk to the hotel management that they're almost full, um, in large part because of the people that are now being evacuated from uh, the Lebanese border. You talked, Oliver, about the humanitarian efforts to get aid into Gaza. 14 trucks in that second convoy that went in yesterday. What are the prospects for getting more of that much-needed aid into Gaza? So we hear that, you know, that again, it was important to set a precedent, right, was to get the initial trucks in. And there was a lot of debate about what kind of aid would be allowed to enter, right? So the Israelis were for a long time pushing back against fuel, for example, saying that that would be used um, in the war effort. So now that there is a precedent that has been set and there's perhaps inspections, that then perhaps that opens the window for a more continuous flow. But again, it's very hard to say with total certainty what this is going to look like. But they have both said, the, the Israelis, 
countries um, and also at the behest of the United States, who has pushed for this, that there needs to be a continuous flow and that they seem open to that prospect. Again, these are all very subject to change and the realities on the ground evolve. Okay, Oliver Crook in Tel Aviv, thank you very much for bringing us up to date uh, with the latest on that story, which we continue to monitor for developments. The Capital Ideas Podcast now has a new monthly edition hosted by Capital Group CEO Mike Gitlin. Investment professionals reveal their best mentors, how they find their next great idea, and a few funny stories. Subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. American Funds Distributors, Inc. You know success when you see it. Or you think you do. The people in the spotlight. Athletes, actors, artists. But what about the people behind the scenes? You know, the ones who make it all happen. The lighting engineers, the sideline photographers, the caterers. They're small business masterminds. And if there's one thing they have in common, it's making their money work harder. That's why they have a business bank account with QuickBooks Money, where they are now earning a generous 5% annual percentage yield. Yes, 5% APY. Making your money work as hard as you do. That's how you business differently. Learn more about QuickBooks Money at quickbooks.com slash 5APY. Banking services provided by Green Dot Bank. Member FDIC. Only funds and envelopes earn APY. APY can change at any time. Well, let's go next to a story from China where an executive and two former employees of the advertising giant WPP have been arrested. This is state media reported that regulators are conducting tax audits and reviewing land use by Foxconn, the Taiwanese company that makes the majority of iPhones at factories in China. Our chief North Asia correspondent, Stephen Engel, joins us now for more. Stephen, good to have you with us. What more can you tell us about these arrests? Well, more broadly speaking, obviously this sends another chill to an already shaky confidence for foreign companies uh, trying to reassess whether they, after three years of COVID controls, go back and invest in China. And there had been, of course, back in May that uh, you know crackdown on consultancy firms that sent a chill uh, through Bain and Company and a number of different international consultancy firms, uh, you know, all on the, the suspicion of anti-espionage crackdown. So this is just yet another page in this chill that has been spreading through the Chinese or the foreign uh, business community in China. Now, in regard to WPP, of course, as you just mentioned, one of the world's largest advertising groups, you know, founded by Sir Martin Sorrell, who ran it for 33 years. He has been a big proponent of, of doing business in China. Obviously, he's not with the company anymore. But what we're hearing from sources is that uh, these arrests involved an executive there in China, as well as two former employees of WPP that are involved, uh, again, reportedly with WPP's Group M media training division and included a police raid on offices in Shanghai. And it's just on top of other reports that we've been getting from some Japanese firms as well. Uh, maybe there was a, 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 an executive of a mining company that was detained back in March, but we're just hearing about it, according to the Nikkei now. And also this month, a court in China formally charged uh, a pharmaceutical executive of a Chinese company, Estellas Pharma, on suspicion of espionage. So this does not uh, go very far to help China's efforts to attract foreign business and foreign confidence. Uh, but again, it, it's these are reports right now, and we can't completely substantiate it until we hear directly uh, from the Chinese government, which we, we rarely do on these kind of uh, investigations. Okay. And at the same time, we've had the announcement of these new audits and and reviews around Foxconn, that very important, of course, iPhone manufacturer as well. 
Put this all together for Stephen. How do these developments fit in with Beijing's attempts to signal support for the private sector? Yeah, this is this is a tough one too because we just don't know the nature of these investigations. What we're hearing, um, we're hearing from the company for one. Uh, that's uh, Honhai Precision, which is the listed company in Taiwan. Uh, Foxconn is their China brand, if you will. The big iPhone city in Zhengzhou, in the middle of China. Most of the world's iPhones are made there in Henan Province, um, and and you know the company essentially says. Yes, we're com- complying with authorities and these um, investigations, but they didn't specify the details. Nor has state media. We only have the details coming from the Global Times, which is essentially a mouthpiece of the Chinese government,、uh, and they're saying that Foxconn subsidiaries. Are、mm. being investigated by tax authorities in China,、uh, in Guangdong Province, as well as Jiangsu Province, plus natural resources officials. I don't know what those are exactly, but they're、okay. supposedly, according to state media, looking into Foxconn's land use in Henan Province and Hubei Province. And I just mentioned Zhengzhou; that、mm. is Henan Province. So that potentially impacts the world's biggest factory making iPhones. I'm not saying、okay. it's going to impact production. But there's uncertainty, and that's why the stock today in Taiwan, as well as in affiliates shares in Shanghai, are trading significantly lower. This is Bloomberg Daybreak Europe, your morning brief on the stories making news from London to Wall Street and beyond. Look for us on your podcast feed every morning on Apple, Spotify, and anywhere you get your podcasts. You can also listen live each morning on London DAB Radio, the Bloomberg Business App, and Bloomberg.com. Our flagship New York station is also available on your Amazon Alexa device. Just say Alexa, play Bloomberg 11:30. I'm Stephen Carroll. Join us again tomorrow for all the news you need to start your day right here on Bloomberg Daybreak Europe. It can be hard to see the challenges that people we work with every day are going through. I'm Holly Robinson Pete. Join us on the Visibility Gap, a new podcast presented by Cigna Healthcare. Download it wherever you get your podcasts. Collaborate for a greener future at the Bloomberg Green Festival, a groundbreaking celebration of the thinkers, doers, and innovators leading the way, from design and culture to technology, science, and entertainment. Hear from inspirational speakers and immerse yourself in climate solutions. July 10th through 13th in Seattle. Title sponsor: Amazon. Official airline: Alaska Airlines. Get 20% off using promo code Radio20 at BloombergLive.com/GreenFestival.